This is the Punk and Piledrivers podcast with your host, Big Bad Boris. It is the one-year Punk and Piledrivers birthday spectacular bash. My name is Big Bad Boris, and I'm joined by not one amazingly talented professional wrestler, but two amazingly talented professional wrestlers. Not only am I joined by one of the most popular guests I've had so far, Miss Taryn from Accounting. Hey. There's the charisma. There's the charisma on wheels we know and love. I hated that. I know. That's all right. And making, apparently, from what I've been told, his worldwide podcasting debut, Mr. Rhinestone Cowboy Stephen Crow. Stephen, how the hell are you? Damn straight. I'm good. How are you, Boris? I'm, I'm very honored that you would uh, choose my little uh, gong show here to do your uh, your podcast debut. So thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Now, Stephen Crow, you have a very, very unique story because you kind, of, you kind of came out of nowhere I and, did. and started competing at a, at a very high level. And I wanted to get kind of Taryn's uh, take on this and where you came from, because you started off as a referee in PWA. And if I'm going to speak my truth, I kind of got a vibe that you didn't really like being involved in the wrestling. Am I totally wrong on this? You are not. Okay. Um, yeah. So honestly, I watching my brother do it, like I had no interest in wrestling at all. Who is your brother? I'm not familiar was, with him. <clears throat> sorry, Michael Richard Blaze. Never heard of the guy. Brother. Is he any Neither. good? Uh, he's okay. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> Um, yeah, I had zero interest in actually wrestling. Like I was like, nope, this is not for me. Bumping is not my thing. Like I would, I don't really like to get hurt. So yeah, it wasn't a thing. And then one day my brother begged me to come ref for PWA. Literally, it was probably maybe a half an hour before you guys got to the venue. Were and we he's texting me? Were we missing a body? Were we down a ref? Was, was that yeah, miss- you guys had no refs. Oh God. Okay. Literally zero refs. And he's literally over text begging me to ref <laughs> the show. And I was like, Mike, I can't, I have no idea. And he's like, you watch wrestling though. You'll be fine. And I was like, okay, Mike, sure. I'll do it just this time for you. And then, yeah, then it turned into a weekly thing for PWA or I guess bi-weekly thing for PWA. Mm-hmm. And now here I am the rhinestone cowboy and I am wrestling. Now, Taryn from accounting, <laughs> do you remember the first time you met young Stephen Crow? Because I remember the first time I met young Stephen Crow. I do, actually. I met him at the Force Training Facility. Um, yes, yeah, and I just like, I remember he would be like, I'd get there and he'd be sitting outside of the ring and like, just chilling, like just such like a chill attitude and I was so nervous being there anyways, because I didn't really know anybody. So I just kind of naturally gravitated towards him. And like, I don't normally ask people to like hang out or do stuff, but I was just like, I really want to hang out with this person. And so we like got to talking and I just think I kind of like, was just like, we should hang out. We should do something. And he was just yeah. like, yeah, okay. And I was like, <laughs> no, I will make this person my friend. Yeah, no, me and Taryn vibe for sure. Because yeah. if, if if I'm telling tales out of school, then feel free to correct me. But you guys are pretty much besties right now. Am I, am I wrong on that? Oh, no. BFF. BFFs, 100%. Yeah. 
So somebody asked me this question on, on the Twitter machine. You guys actually had a match recently at a Love Pro Wrestling show. And somebody on Twitter, and I can't remember who it was, asked, when, you, when you're in the ring with, with a good friend, do, do, you, do you lighten up or do you go extra hard? Did you guys have a discussion beforehand on what you wanted to do? Oh, I was, go- I was going extra hard for sure. <laughs> I thought maybe he'd lighten up, but like... Some of those forearms, I was like, woof, that's the hardest forearm I've ever felt. <laughs> yeah, I was slinging them for sure. One point of our match, I don't know if you could hear it, but I pick her up and I kick her in the chest. And Taryn goes, you're hitting me so hard. <laughs> he did this like, what's that sliding forearm you do to the back? Yeah. Oh yeah, my clothesline to the back. Like when you watch the video back, you can hear it. And like any bump I've ever taken that's what I felt the most in that entire match. I was just like, oh, okay, I need a second. Just yeah, gotta well, breathe. In the middle of your pin, Taryn, you said, woof. <laughs> <laughs> was, there, yeah. was there any receipts for this or did you just kind of let it slide? Oh, you know what? Probably let it slide. I didn't, I didn't think of it as anything other than just like, he really wanted to win. So maybe <laughs> I kicked back harder, but... I don't know. He was rocking and rolling. That's for sure. Moving and grooving. I'm sure you guys will tangle again uh, down the road. Now that first show that you refereed, uh, were you terrified? Like getting in there? Like you, again, you, you, he said you've watched wrestling, but it's very different. I would imagine getting in the ring compared to what you see on TV. Were you terrified? How do you think that first show went? Um, Oh, I was mortified. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, for sure. Terrified. Um, And I had to ref the entire show. That's a lot. Yeah, it was a lot. I was like, Mike, you're throwing me to the fire right now. And he's like, I'm sorry. I just, there's no other way. And I was like, okay, so let's go. Um, From what I can remember, it went okay, maybe. The good thing about refing the whole show is that you know you're not going to get bumped, or if you are, it's not going to be until the main event. Um, it's true. Did you get paid that night? None of my I business. Did. Before? Okay, I did. Kurt's a good guy. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, how does the transition come? And again, I apologize, Taryn, for kind of making this a little bit Stephen Crow centric. But you requested you requested to be on the one year anniversary, and I know that you guys are tight, and we're going to talk about you guys together in a little bit, but. Where did the transition come from refereeing to uh, I want to fight? Because, again, I never would have guessed in a million years because I met you. I don't know if you'll remember this, but it was many, many years ago. For some reason, um, I was staying overnight in I don't know if there was a, an extra show or something. But uh, or maybe I drove with MRB to hang out in an RCW show. And then we had a PWA show in Calgary that the next day or something. But I ended up driving into Calgary with him. Uh, yeah. Him and I took a nap in the same bed, which is a story I've never told. But we had a, <laughs> I slept with your brother, which was amazing. But I remember we stopped in like 10 o'clock at night at Shoppers Drug Mart. Okay, yeah, to, I do. To say hi to you. And I, and I met you and I'm like, that's not what I envisioned his brother to look like at all. I but I never would remember have, that. Uh, what's that? I vividly remember that. And and I never would have guessed that all these years later that you'd be doing this. So when did it go from I don't want to do this at all to all referee to uh, let's let's train. Um. So refereeing, I was forced. <laughs> well, not forced. I did it out of my own niceness. To you my were brother. coerced. Yeah, and then I ended up liking it. So that's how refing happened. Um. 
honestly, the wrestling thing, I don't even know. Like, we had those, like, forced mini camps. And Mike was like, yeah, you can come. Like, you don't need to do anything if you don't want to. But, like, if you're in Edmonton, you might as well, like, come out and hang. Mm -hmm. So I was like, yeah, sure. And then, like, Tex was like, you can do it. Like, I won't charge you or anything. And I was like, okay. So, like, I gave it a shot. Like, the first the first mini camp they had and I ended up just really like liking it. And after that one, I didn't think like, I don't necessarily think I like wanted to wrestle right after the very first mini camp. I just was like, okay, this is like cool. Like getting my body moving, like Mm -hmm. just getting physical. Like I like this. Um, And then I just started training a little more throughout the weeks because, uh, during that time, I was um, on EI because I just left my job. Okay. So I, like, rode the wave of EI for, like, a year. So I was, like, in Edmonton pretty frequently, just, like, hanging out with my brother throughout the weeks and stuff. I'd probably mm-hmm. go down maybe, like, four days out of the week. So I would, like, go to, like, just regular training throughout the week with, like, Taryn and, like, Zoe and my brother. And I guess, like, Sydney was there a lot of the times, too. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah and then just like vibing with them and then like just wrestling with them kind of made me end up just like wanting to do it and actually like falling in love with like wrestling i guess it 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 gets you it gets into your blood we tell people this all the time if you stick around long enough it's going to get into you and it's going to become part of you now taryn when when you when you saw young uh stephen crow start the training did you think that he was going to take to it like he did and do you think that in a relatively short time that he'd be at the level that he is now um i think just naturally he was like fearless which is like i don't know i never i didn't expect it when i first met him but his brother would be like, okay, like do this. And he would just, I don't know. He would just kind of pick everything up so quickly. And like one thing about Steven that I tell everybody is he is like the, not like physically the strongest, but he's like, he'll take a hit. He'll take a bump. He'll take a kick to the face. He'll take a broken wrist, which I did give him. And just, (laughs) and just like, okay, let's move on. Like, he'll never bring it up. He'll never rub it in your face. He'll never be like, remember that time you broke my wrist? Remember that time you kicked me? You know what I mean? It's just like, just a little bump and let's keep moving. Um, so once I kind of saw that side of him was how he was just like, just so naturally like athletic and like, yeah. I mean, okay, to me, so, it seems so natural. Sorry to interrupt, but let's not bury the lead here. Who broke whose wrist? I broke Steven's wrist. Okay, it wasn't exactly Taryn. Tra- we were like training or? Yeah, just training. We were practicing. She was doing a widow's peak. Okay. And we were just practicing me like reversing it into a sunset. Uh, mm, okay. And just like we lost like hold of each other and I just like tumbled straight down like hands first, which is my fault. And I just broke my one wrist. But I guess if you don't get the hands out, you're just going to face plant on that. If it's if it's going the way I'm imagining in my head, it's true. Yeah, I probably should have rolled. Like Mike always tells us, just roll, just roll. You'll be fine. You get hit by a car, roll. You'll roll. be fine. Uh, that's that's Michael Richard Blaze. Now, Stephen Crow, I've got a bit of a bone to pick with you because yes. it started with Bayrad Garani, and now you're going to do it to me now too. 
the the part of the purpose of the Punk and Potterers podcast is we like to play music. I like to have the guests pick songs that they like because I love music. It's one of the things I'm passionate about besides wrestling. So I decided to take these two things and put them together. Bayrat Gorani picked a goddamn country song, and now Brad you're Paisley. doing it. So I'm gonna have to it's change true. the name to uh, Country and Camel Clutches or some nonsense. I was gonna say that too. Hey, I'm I'm the cowboy. <laughs> yeah. So so the song that you have picked. Is uh, it's a song called "Legends Never Die" by Overall Peck and Shania Twain. Tell me about this and why you picked this song. I picked this song because Orville Peck really fits the aesthetic that I'm going for with wrestling. I get a lot of my inspo from Orville Peck, and honestly, inspo, Shania Twain that, too. That's, that's a young kid word, inspo. Right? Yeah, inspiration. Yeah, yeah. I'm too old for that shit. Yeah, I get a lot of my aesthetic from both of them, and yeah, honestly, the song is just about me being a legend. And I will never die. <laughs> now, if I saw correctly, and I might be wrong, they just released the uh, lineup for the Edmonton Folk Fest. And I believe Overall Peck is on the docket, if I saw that correctly. So I just let you know that. All right. So GFA we're going to buy tickets for me. Oh, there you go. You guys are way ahead of me. All right. So we're going to go to that True. song now. This is Orville Peck and Shania Twain. This is Legends Never Die on the Country and Camel Clutch podcast. Been gone back from my own ways too long. Dragging these doggone days But each song keeps me rolling along my way And I pray I I've seen people tugging on the rings Full speed, baby, dust is in the veins A stampede couldn't break me in my stride They wanna know why? It gets lonesome on the lonesome trails To keep your head up high because baby we've been up all night I built that road and walked it every mile Taking orders never been my style yeah, It's been a while I've been rode hard and put up well Ain't nothing in this world that I can't get Don't worry about making sure they won't forget No, it's fine Cause legends never die I never lost a fight Well, once or twice <laughs> I said, let's, let's go, go, baby I got nerves of steam It's my, my show Gonna feel the way I feel Another blow Ain't gonna stop me Wait and see You got, got nothing if you ain't got pride So honey, take the
never die Legends never die They won't die, they won't die Never die Yeah! You and I Legends never die Baby, baby You tell them that is Orville Peck, or that was, I should say, Orville Peck and Shania Twain, Legends Never Die, on the Punk and Potters podcast, the one-year anniversary extravaganza uh, with uh, the rhinestone cowboy Stephen Crow and Taryn from Accounting. Now, you guys have gone and ventured into BC and done some work in BC. I have never worked in BC. I have spent a grand total of uh, 24 hours in BC for work many, many years ago. How did they choose you guys down there? I've heard good things. So good. Um we were just recently in, what was it, Prince George? Yeah. Uh, we were wrestling at this fan con for WrestleCore. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I, you know, I don't want to, I'll let Steven kind of say more about WrestleCore. But, um, I mean, I think WrestleCore is like one of the better promotions and the way they treat their wrestlers. And they're just very fair and 100%. very like, I asked yeah. Michael about it the other day. I just said, you know, we, we him and I have like a, a chat going on and we chat off and on all day long. And I, you know, how do you get treated on a WrestleCore? And he spoke very highly about them. Yeah. yeah Steve like, and Kate are super cool. Yeah. And they just have like such creative ideas that you don't see in any other promotion. Like if you wanted to go there and, you know, wrestle a blow-up doll well like they've got the perfect match for you or like you know I've wrestled as a baby I've wrestled like as a demon I've done like just and I've seen such cool matches come out of there that it's like such entertainment and the crowd is so cool they're like not your typical wrestling crowd they're just kind of cool people that want a different kind of entertainment that's not like going to the bar it's like, yeah. just they have so much fun and which makes the show so much more fun. They're not like, they're not there to like, be smart, Marky, you know, talk shit about exactly like they're just there to be entertained and they're like, happy to be there. I have, yeah, off- like- I've sorry, I've offered them my services recently. So we'll see if anything comes to that. You guys could put a, a good word in for me. Have you, you've, uh, Taryn, you've worked for NEW, but Steven, you have not, correct? I have not. What, are, what's, uh, how do they treat you down there? Cause they're creating a lot of buzz and they've got a great look to their shows. Like everything looks like really high quality production wise. How's NEW? NEW is awesome. Like Rob and Chris are so nice and, but they're very professional. Like they both come from professional backgrounds. Um, So everything is just very polished, very, very professional, like, you know, um, so organized and just awesome. Like they treat their wrestlers really, really well. Um, Yeah. I love working for NEW as well. And they've got like some amazing talent there. So it's super fun to work there. Excellent. Now, Stephen Crow, explain the metamorphosis from when you started to wrestle to where the round, the rhinestone cowboy thing came in. Because my favorite moment from the last Love Wrestling show was yes. your brother walked you to to the ring, 
Yeah. And he kind of kind of gave you away, so to speak. And he turned to walk to the back and he had this smile on his face. I'll never forget it. It wasn't like a gimmick smile. It was just a like a I'm happy. This is awesome smile. And it just stuck with me. And I told him the next day the, the my favorite part from that whole show. And don't get me wrong. Amazing show. But that smile he had on his face. And you just came out and you captivated that crowd. Where did you get all the 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 gear made? Like, how did this whole thing happen? Because I just I fucking love it. Oh, the rhinestone cowboy. Honestly, um, <clears throat> I kind of sat on it for like a while. Like I debuted in July of last year. Yeah, beginning of July for RCW. Okay, just as Stephen Crow. Um, didn't really know exactly what I wanted to do with like my character or anything, just kind of like going with the flow, figuring stuff out. And it was about like a month in, just like my favorite genre of music is like country music. I'm like from Alberta. So um, <laughs> it's not yeah. a prerequisite, you know, <laughs> <laughs> okay, <fair>. but um, <laughs> yeah. And then like probably like a month in, maybe around like August, I was like, okay, hey, like I need to figure some stuff out. So like, I knew the one main thing I knew is I wanted to get all pink like cowboy boots made. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, Hey, like maybe I'll just do that for wrestling and like wrestle in all pink cowboy boots. And then it just kind of like started twirling from there. And then I was like, okay, like maybe I could do this like cowboy kind of deal for wrestling. And then I sat on it, sat on it, sat on it. And then I like figured out all my music and for like a while there, I was like, is the rhinestone cowboy by Glenn Campbell, just like too on the nose. It's, it is a little too on the nose, but you know, sometimes it's true. That's not necessarily a bad thing. It's true. Yeah. So then I was like, no, screw it. Like, let's just do it. Like I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to ride this, the rhinestone cowboy thing all the way. So decided on the music and then me and my brother did that uh, brother versus brother match in rcw uh in november i think or or in october something around there somewhere along those lines and basically it's like he just kind of killed me off like he saved me mm-hmm. And then we took a week off and then that's when I got all my gear. I got my cowboy hat, got my boots. And then I was like, Kate, well, this is the time I am debuting as the rhinestone cowboy and my brother's going to introduce me and yeah, just worked from there. So So all that gear, did you like buy that off the rack somewhere? Did you have that made? Um, My first set I got made just by Elucha. Okay. Um, and then my newer stuff I got made by uh, GS Wrestling Gear, a guy in Vancouver. Okay. He's very good. Yeah. Uh, also, I noticed at uh, the last love show, you have this really awesome graphic that was up on the screen. Who made that? Um, a man I found on a website called Fiverr. Um, and he does like a lot of Western stuff. And yeah. I just like sent him a huge like write up of like my idea with like the wrestling ring in the back, me riding a cowboy, uh, me riding a horse. And that's what he came up with. So yeah, I love it. So you basically outsourced all this and it's all uh, come together. Pretty much. Yeah. Now, Taryn, you, uh, the clandestine society has morphed from the, the amazing live shows we've done into this little 
faction and group how, how are you enjoying this little storyline and how it's going forward it's it's catching a lot of traction you guys have a lot of amazing videos that are on uh, on social media are you enjoying this yeah it's super fun i mean it's just fun to be able to hang out with my friends to be honest all right now it is your turn to save this podcast with some goddamn <laughs> punk rock music and i appreciate you for doing this because this is a fantastic band. Uh, your song is uh, a band called Jawbreaker. Great, great, great old. I don't know if they're, I don't know if they're still. Are they still around? Because uh, I, I know this this record is old. I want to say nineties. Yeah, this is a very old record. It's like, um, yeah, like it's punk rock. It's like alternative. It's um, really melodic and just like easy to listen to, easy to like get into and kind of zone out to. Um, definitely this is from the album Dear You. It's one of my all-time favorite albums. Um, and yeah, I think this is Savior Generation. Yes, the track is called Savior Generation. Why is there any other specific reason you picked the song or just because it's a banger as the kids say? Yeah, it's just a really good song. I love to sing to it. Do you sing well? You do sing well, actually. We she talked does. about this. Yes, yes, that's that's well. true. You should sing your own theme song. No. <laughs> that's a great idea. Terrorists coming to the ring. I'm going to kick ass. Something like that, right? Something like that, yeah. yeah something yeah. like that. But <laughs> something, <laughs> something like that, something but like good. That. <laughs> All right. <laughs> this is, I just ruined my own podcast. Uh, this is Savior Generation. This is Jawbreaker. On the Punk and Pod River Podcast. I have a present. It is the present. You have to, to learn to find it within you. If you can learn to love it, you just might like it. You can live without it. There's a million open windows. I'm passing these open windows. In these open windows There is plenty To criticize It gets so easy To narrow these eyes But these eyes Will stay wide I will stay young Young and dumb inside I have just Yourself. You could say
Was Jawbreaker Saver Generation on the Punk and Powder Pile Drivers podcast, the one year anniversary spectacular? Uh, Terror from Accounting and the Rhinestone Cowboy Stephen Crow. You guys have a big weekend coming up, do you not? I'm recording this on Wednesday. I'm hoping to have it up tomorrow night, which is Thursday. And you guys are busy this weekend. Tell me where you're going to be. Um, well, uh, Stephen and I are doing Love Pro Wrestling. Let's talk about wrestling on Friday night at the rec room and then you know what's great about that show what i'm gonna be there too it's true we're all there (laughs) yeah we're all gonna be there we are hoping there was some technical snafus with the live stream last month but i am hoping knock on wood that all the aces are in their places and we will be able to be uh live and in living color on twitch.com slash love wrestling ca if you can't be there live you can watch the live stream with myself and warren diesel barris and thaddeus archer anyway enough of that where else you you guys are heading down to bc right yeah and then we take an uh flight at an ungodly hour on saturday morning (laughs) and then uh, we have the day to chill and then i'm doing um the new show in Port Coquitlam. And then on Sunday, myself, Stephen, and Michael have a uh, WrestleCore yes. in Vancouver at the rickshaw. And then flying go. back, what, Sunday night or Monday morning? or uh, Monday morning. Also stupid early. It's that glamorous life of professional wrestlers, correct? It's true. Now, now, Taryn, we talked when you were on the podcast all those many, many moons ago about your sister also being active in the professional wrestling world. And she lives in BC. Am I correct in this? She does. She lives in Port Moody. Have you guys? She is currently the all-star wrestling women's champion. Now, since we recorded that podcast all those many moons ago, you have started to do some work in BC. Have you two gone toe to toe? We have not. I think we're going to save that for something special. I don't, to be honest, I'm like, I really want to wrestle her, but I'm also scared. Like, I just, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid it'll turn violent. 
Oh, okay. Hey, that's how you make money, right? Yeah. So that's why I'm like, maybe we should save it just in case. Or maybe like wait for a show one in every thousand that my parents are at so they can tear us apart. But there you go. We always knew it would come to this. Now, now, Stephen, speaking of of, of competing with family members, you've wrestled your brother on a couple of occasions. Is there any is there anything different about getting in there with your brother than it is getting in there with anybody else? Um, because he don't take it, he don't take it easy on you, right? He does not. <laughs> uh, we actually probably go hard, harder on each other. Honestly, yeah, like we both don't hold back. I don't think he holds back, regardless against anyone. Fair. I don't either. I don't think, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Wrestling my brother is something else. Yeah, like he's he's obviously very good, so he makes all my stuff look really good, which I appreciate. You guys just had um, a match uh, for Dungeon Wrestling last weekend, did you not? How'd that go? We did. I think it's my favorite match me and him have had. Really? Why, what was yeah. so special about that one? Um, I don't know. I just, it's, I guess it's the first match that me and him have wrestled since I've been the Rhinestone Cowboy. Okay. Just because every other match up until that point, we've been like together or as a tag partner. So... Yeah, I don't know. That was just different. I have like all the moves that I like doing now that we like got in and just, yeah, everything in that match went well. So yeah, I think that's our fav- my, my favorite one that me and him have had together. Is there any video of this? Because I would like to see it. I like to call uh, it is what I like to do, but I'd like to see it. We do have a video of it. My brother filmed it. Um, and I think they're putting out the entire show. So oh. yeah. Because I reached out to uh, the powers that be over in Dungeon Wrestling as well and offered my services. So I don't yeah, know. I'm throwing my name out there. Everybody says I'm good at what I do, but nobody wants to you hire are me. Very so. good. You are very nobody, good. Nobody seems to want me, though. But that's okay. That's another story for another day. So where do the two of you see yourselves in the next five years or so in terms of the wrestling business? Oof. Taryn? Oof. You know, it's tough to say. Like, I'm already, what, almost 37? <laughs> You look like a spry 17-year-old. Oh, thanks. You're welcome. Um, so in five years from now, it's tough to say. Like, I would love to still be wrestling and I would love to still be traveling. Um, so I mean, that's my goal is to just kind of like stay in like wrestling shape and you know keep healthy so that I can still be doing this in five years. But I mean, the goal is to just wrestle with my friends and just have a good time how's the body feeling uh pretty good now yeah i just recently had like a i don't know something with my calf just like sprains minor tears or whatever um but i mean i let it heal up i went to physio so that's feeling pretty good yeah feel great rhinestone cowboy you are you're on the cusp of something really special. And it's a lot of fun watching you do what you do. What do you think the next five years looks like for you? I don't even know. I want to get everywhere, go everywhere. I would like to start wrestling in the States. It's a hard one for us Canadians, but it's looking like the world is starting to sort of go back to whatever version of normalcy we're going to have, uh, barring fucking monkey pox or whatever that nonsense is, but it's looking like that might be a bit more, uh, of a normal thing in the future so your, your timing is good in that way 
Hopefully, yes. I'm trying, just trying to get my name out there at the moment. That's why I need to start doing more of these kinds of things. Thank you for having me, Boris. It's my pleasure. Is there anybody like, like, do you watch a lot of wrestling? Like I watch a ridiculously disgusting amount of wrestling. And I know, like I've said this a lot of times that most of the wrestlers and people I know either watch a ton or watch none. Do you watch a lot of wrestling? Um, I'm pretty, I'm like strictly a WWE kind of guy. Like okay. I like a lot of WWE. So I keep up to date on WWE. Uh, I watch like some AW here, there. Um, and like, like I'll watch some stuff like on the indies with like my brother, like GZW and stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Who's the dream opponent? Who's someone you'd like to go, uh, go one-on-one with dream opponent. Uh, the boss, Sasha Banks lover. Well, that, that, that could be a reality sooner than later. <laughs> Who knows what's going on with that? All right. We're True. running out of time here. Uh, you guys are obviously fantastic. I love you both very, very much. And I'm very, very happy to, I assume, be able to call you friends. Um, give me your social okay. medias and all that kind of stuff to help get your names out there a bit more. TFA, where can people find you crunching numbers and balancing books? Um, I think on Twitter, it's like at TFA Wrestling. and then. Um, I mean, Facebook, I wouldn't bother. I'm kind of actually not posting too much on there. I'm using it more just for personal. Yeah, that's kind of the way it's going, I think. Yeah. And then Instagram, I think it's just Taryn from accounting. But probably Taryn underscore from underscore accounting. There was somebody else that I had on recently who didn't know their own socials. And I was like, come on, goddammit. This is the business now. You should know this shit. Turn. To be honest, this is the first time I've not had to look it up, so we're making Turn. strides. Fair enough. Taryn just got on Twitter. Oh. And I'm killing Two the game. Two months ago. Yeah, she is killing it on Twitter. <laughs> it took a It took a little bit of convincing, but she's killing it now. All right. Young Stephen Crow, where can we find you on the social medias? You can find this cowboy on Instagram and Twitter at Steven. Um, we got a couple more minutes left. Is there anything else that you guys want to add? You want to talk about, you want to plug, you want to sing the praises of. Taryn. I mean, I'll <laughs> sing the praises of my boy, Steven all day, every day. Hey, let's go. You're my hype girl. Oh, you guys, <laughs> you guys are great. He's my best buddy. So That's how many, true. how many one-on-one matches have you guys had? Was that the first one at love or have you guys gone before? First and only. Really? First and only. I think, but. You know, we've tagged what we tagged, a, like not yeah. against. Did we tag against each other ever? We did. Yeah, we were in that big eight man Survivor Series match against each other. Yeah. And um, then it was me and Mike versus you and Ava Lawless in Edmonton for one show. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, like I'll wrestle you any day, but I like tagging with you better. Like when you, me and Mike did that. in Edmonton yeah yeah that one was very fun not the best match we were all very confused but I just I think I laughed throughout the entire thing yeah we were vibing on the outside for sure yeah not so much on the inside but on the outside (laughs) it was just like having the time of my life it's true well, I'm working on uh, uh, between clandestine society and love wrestling. I'm I'm working to get uh, a show named after me, kind of like a Joey Janela Spring Break type thing. I'm working on uh, Big Bad Boris's Low Impact Aquasize Extravaganza. 
That's what that's I want. Funny. That's a I shoot. That. That's, that's, I've, I've talked to, to multiple people. That's a shoot. That's what I want. And if that happens, I want 20% booking capacity and you guys are going one-on-one. Hey, let's go. Wait, is this in water? No, no, it's just, it's just, uh, it's, wait, 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 would you like it to be? Well, aqua size, did you say? Yes. Oh, okay. It's just a, just a name, Taryn. I, I get it, but I thought like, maybe it was like a cool pool related thing. It, it could be. Well, my brother can't swim, so. Oh, that's true. Breaking news. <laughs> <laughs> you let the secret out. Well, it's funny because he's t- he's often talked about other than wrestling, he doesn't have an athletic bone on his body. Years ago, we were short a player for our slow pitch team. And I was like, oh, ask MRB. And he's like, hell no, I am not going anywhere near a slow pitch game or a baseball diamond or anything. So no swimming either. Hey, uh, to be sure. honest, I could not see him playing baseball at all. I should have yeah. known better. And that's not <laughs> even like a disc. That's just <laughs> I don't see it. All right. Well, thank you so much, both of you guys, for being here. This was super fun. You're welcome back anytime, maybe for the two-year extravaganza. And I was going back and forth about what song to go out to because uh, there's a bunch of new music out this week that I'm excited about. And there is a very big show on Saturday. One of my favorite bands from Sweden, the Satanic Surfers, the tightest punk rock band I've ever heard is playing at the Buckingham on Saturday. But there is a new EP out from a band called No Trigger. It is fantastic. This track I'm going to play is called Anti-Fantasy, and it kind of fits in with a little bit with what's going on in the world talking about uh, we don't want no Nazis, we don't want no fascists, we don't want no nonsense, we just want to, we want no triggers. Um, I also want to say how fucking awful what happened in Texas was this week, and when is the time in our evolution where we put away the fucking guns? Amen. Sorry, sorry to get political, but like... It's true. It's, it's, it's you... Uh, we will make you have those babies. You got to have the babies, but then we'll take them to school and you can get them shot. So it's, it's fucked up. It's just, yeah. It, yeah. it doesn't even surprise me. But anyway, that's me on my soapbox. This is anti-fantasy. This is no trigger. This was the one year extravaganza. Here's to one year more on the punk and powders podcast. Thanks guys. Thanks. Thanks Congratulations. Congrats. I'm working on the the master of the sushi plex, Keishi Matsunaga, for next week. So tune in for that, and we'll talk to you guys all next week. Crumbling on the outside, stepping over trash, and I can't shake it from my view. The anti-fantasy come true. Fantasy come true Another life for me and you Would you all fall asleep in history? What's the deal? Where's the mystery? No bootlickers, no swastikas All we need is more, no triggers At least it's safe in the city Too punk, too queer, too hippie Take a look around There's motherfucking Nazis All over my hometown